Thank you for listening to the Reclaim Church podcast. We hope that this message is a blessing to your life. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX. Now please enjoy this message. I've been wor- I was working on this message and, and even as I was working on the message for last week, God began to reveal some things in scripture okay, about um, what we're talking about, the temple, of, the temple of the Lord. And the title of my message today is called Temples Together. And really what I want to talk today is about unity and building that unity because we have to come to, to the to realization that when the scripture says you are the temple of the living God, yes, we are. As, in, as an individual, I'm a carrier of the presence of God. His spirit dwells within my life. Um, I've been changed, renewed, new nature in Christ, right? I'm now, I'm now um, one with him. I'm a child of God, right? But what scripture is saying in these scriptures as well is when it says you are, it's talking to the church, meaning you, as in us, are the temple of God. We together make up this temple. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which, which uh, temple you are. So you are, we are to be holy as the temple of God should be holy, but it's not just individuals. We're not just individually carriers of the, of, of the Holy Spirit, although that is true, but when we come together as a, as a unit, as a community, as a body, we create one temple, amen. John 13, 35, Jesus tells this to his disciples. He says, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Unity matters. And unity can only properly be, be, be properly cultivated when there is real Christ-like love in a community. Because we can come together but not be together. Does that make sense? We can gather together but not be united as a body. And honestly, if, 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 if I'm being completely honest with you, and I'm going to get into this a little bit more, I think that we all need to make a better effort as a church of being unified. Now, I know COVID came and kind of just, you know, like, guys, listen to this. I'm not a big planner, although I should probably change, and hopefully God has helped me change that. But we literally sat in, I think it was in November, Jeremy, me, Isaiah, and Jeremy, we planned out the entire 2020 just to have COVID. And every, <laughs> all of our plans, they all stopped. But anyway, that should not stop us from building community. Because of technology and all that we have today, there, it's, it's possible that we can still be united even through what's going on. In fact, through what's going on, we need now more than ever to be united. It's now the time for us to understand that we must be members of the body. I've never met a Christian who can serve God apart from the body. Now, there's a lot of smart people who can know a lot apart from the body. But it's very hard to function in your gifting separate from the body of Christ. We understand that we are members of this body. 
Now, I'm not talking like um, cultish stuff, right? Like, you're, you're one with us now, and you have to be a part of No, no, that's not what I'm saying, all right? What I'm saying is there's a, the, the, the church is the body of Christ, and we all must belong to the body. We cannot function separately from it. That's why in Hebrews 10, 24, it says, let us, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What is he saying? Yes, I understand that church doesn't save you, and church doesn't mean just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian, but Scripture clearly tells us that you have to be a member. Why? Because it says to exhort exhort one another, to encourage one another, to stir up one another. If we're constantly living, if we're trying to live for the Lord by ourselves, who is stirring up that gift? Who are you encouraging? Who are you helping? What good is your gift if you're by yourself? Making sense today? All right. If I can get a water bottle, that'd be perfect. Anybody? Any, I know we're shorthanded today, but if any, Jeremy, please, anybody, thank you. I need to take a break, guys. All right, I need a water break. But check this out. We're all members of the body, right? But we are all different. Well, mind blown, right? Like that's, that's a revelation right there. Thank you very much, sir. Much appreciated. All right. Each one of us is a different part of the body. I'm going to read some scripture today. Is that all right? It's okay. I'm going to do it. We're in church, guys. Come on. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 through 20. It says, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole, if the, if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. Each one of us are different. You are different than me. And I am different than you. And you're different than somebody else that comes into the church. And guess what? That's a good thing. Oftentimes when we come into a place or when we try to find our place, every, I think we're all kind of still there trying to find our place within, within the body of Christ. What we do is we look for people that are like us. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with finding like-minded people who, who like the same things you like and, and who want to do the same things that you want to do. Like, I'll go hiking with somebody for the sake of building a relationship, but I will never set up a hiking trip, all right? This is not me. But I'm sure that somebody likes, who likes to hike would find, would find someone else who does, and they'd, it'd be, that's fine, right? I was having this conversation again, and somebody said, well, I don't like cliques in the church. And neither do I. But there is a difference between a clique and people who just get along. Right? There's a dip. Now, when we say cliques, we mean we don't want gossip. We don't want uh, people shunning others. You can't be a part of my little group. That's not what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is people get along with each other, and that's okay. But when we come into the body of Christ, we understand that I'm different than somebody else, and that's a good thing. It's, it's okay 
that we're not, we don't all act the same or look the same or dress the same. It's okay that we don't all have the same tastes and all have the same um, goals. That's okay. But what we have to agree on is the common goal of the church, which is to encounter Jesus, to know God, and see people come to the Lord. If we could look at, if we're all different, that's okay. It's okay to be different. But listen, we have to come to agreement on the main thing. What is our common goal? You can like something that I don't like, and that's okay. Because as long as we agree on one thing, that we'd see many come to Christ, then I'm okay being different. Because your difference is good for me, and my difference is good for you. But we have one common goal. Amen. That's kind of what Paul is alluding to in, in Corinthians. He's telling him, listen, there's a lo- it's okay to be different. It's okay that you came from different backgrounds. That's all right. But we have to have the same goal. We want to see people come to know Christ. We want to see people encounter the Lord. Now, yes, that is our main goal, our, our top priority, one of our top priorities is to see the lost saved. But, our, but it comes from our number one priority, which is to, to know God and to encounter him. Because when people come into our church and the spirit of God is here, the scripture says that it's only the spirit that draws men. If the spirit of God is not in our church, how, how will people be drawn to him? So if our goal is to see people come to Christ, it's because our goal is to know God. And when we know God, we want to do what pleases him. And what pleases him, people coming to him. So it's okay to be different as long as we have the same goal, the one common goal. Having each other is important. We need each other. We need each other. In fact, from what I understand in studying the scripture, there was two different groups in, in, in this church, the, the Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews were all about making sure you're, you're circumcised and, and following the law as it was supposed to be. The, the Gentiles had this whole, whole different outlook on salvation because of what they, they, were, they were not Jews. They were not raised that way. That was not who they were. And there was this clashing of one another, who was right and who was wrong. And Paul's getting down to it saying, hey, hey, hey. Keep the main thing the main thing. And all these other things that we think are important, maybe, maybe, just maybe, they're not as important as we think they are. Maybe that's not what saves people. Maybe that's not what saves us. But what we do is when, if, if we come to a church and we see that someone thinks different than I think or thinks different than, than, than we, we think they should, we stay away from that. But maybe that thinking is supposed to help you change the way that you think. Iron sharpens iron, right? Maybe somebody who's a little bit more spiritual, you need that in your life. You need someone to actually get you to pray every day. Amen. We need someone to actually get us to study the word, right? Right? That's okay. I had this conversation with one of my friends, and I was asking him, like, how he's a, he's a very well-seasoned pastor. And he's, he's, a, he's somebody that I look up to, and I called him. I said, hey... You know, I'm a new pastor. We're still building our church, still trying to, you know, understand how to, what we're doing. And, and I said, how do you decide what you allow to influence your life? How do you decide who you listen to and what preachers you listen to? Because that's important, who we're, what kind of influence we're allowing. 
And he says, look for balance. Because there are some that are all about scripture and theology, but have no spirit. They have no spirit. And then there are some that are all about spirit and experience, but they have no truth. They, have no, they don't have the word of God. They have to preach off experience, right? Now, we have to come somewhere in the middle where we st- stand on the word of God and we stand on the truth of God, but at the same time, we allow God to give us these experiences in the spiritual place where we, know, where we can say, I know that I encounter God. Because some of the people that study the word will tell you that there are no healings today. They'll tell you that there's no prophetic words today. They'll tell you that there is no real move of God today like there was in the past. But we know because I've experienced it, because I've seen it, you can't tell me that God doesn't move that way. So we have to find middle ground. But listen, we need each other to get to the middle. We need someone to tell us, hey, you're off with that. You're wrong for thinking that way. That's not what scripture says. That's not what we're being taught. That's okay to have somebody like that. We need each other. We must be united today. I love that we're so new that we haven't really, you know, rubbed shoulders wrong with somebody yet. We're, we're in what I would call the honeymoon phase of our church. Oh, I just love everybody. Just, just hang around a little bit more. Just, just stick around a little bit more, I promise you. Come over to our house a little, bit, a little more often. I promise you, you will find something in my life that you probably don't like. Thank you, Jer. It says, come on, amen. But that doesn't mean that we can't build a community. So what the enemy wants to do, as soon as he sees somebody that's beginning to unite, because when the church is united, so the enemy wants to come in, he likes to bring in division. So now we're in this honeymoon phase of like, yeah, I love this church, man. I feel like I found my home. I mean, and once God starts moving in your life, I guarantee it that you're going to run into somebody in the church and the enemy's going to start to say, you don't really belong there. They're all like that. Does this sound familiar? Because the enemy wants to bring division to something that is united because it's destruction by division. So he uses what God, what, what, what scripture says, hey, there's different parts of the body, and every part of the body matters. You're different, and that's okay. What the enemy will say, no, 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 you're different, so you don't belong. You're not like them. You don't talk like them. You don't look like them. So that may not be the place for you. I've, always, I've had these conversations with many people. They say, I'm going to leave my church. I say, why are you going to leave your church? Well, because my church is like this and like that and like this. I'm like, well, what are you doing to change it? Because obviously you think different than most of the people, so maybe your gifting is to help them change being so alike everybody. You, you get what I'm saying here, right? I, but but it's, the enemy will use the differences to cause division within the church. But you know what? You know how he subtly does cause division? I'm, I'm going to expose it, and it's going to expose a lot of us here today, and that's okay because God's been convicting me too, all right? He gets us so comfortable He gets us so comfortable with on our own place that we neglect connecting with others. Not not in a sense of, well, I don't really like them or they're mean. Just in the sense of, you know what? I'm just going to go to church. I'm just going to go home. 
going to go to church, experience God, give everybody a hug, and then I'm going to go home. It's this comforting disconnection. That I'm getting what I need right now. I'm feeling the Lord. I'm feeling the presence. I, I feel like I'm a part, but I'm not really connected. And I'm comfortable in it. Because we know. Because we've been hurt in the past by relationships. We've been, we've been hurt in the past by church friends and people who've let us down and people who've hurt us. So it's kind of like, I don't really want to get that close to them because I'm afraid of getting hurt. So I'm going to stay comfortable in my, in my comfort zone away from people and just put on a happy face when I come to church. And it's not like you're faking because you really love it, but you get what I'm saying. We avoid, we avoid real deep connection, but that's what scripture is calling us to, calling us to connecting with one another. It's a comfortable disconnection. So the enemy uses our differences against us. He uses our comfort against us. But you know what he does too? He uses our pride. Pride, pride is just another, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, I'm going to say that. Can I, can I you, know, you, you may say, well, I'm not, I'm not prideful, I'm just insecure. <laughs> Do you know that insecurity is pride? It's pride. Because I'm so worried about what people will think about me that I won't reach out to them. I'm so afraid of how people will look at me or people will, how, if people will talk to me, so I'm not really going to step out. That's pride. It's self-preservation. I don't want anybody to get in. You can come this close, no closer, because of my insecurities. You know, one of my, I look back in my life, and, and I'm not old. I'm not that old. I'm still super young. My wife's starting to call me old because I'm turning 30. Ridiculous, right, guys? Come on. Ridiculous. But I, I look back in my life and, and just, you know, growing up, and one of my biggest regrets is all of the relationships and friendships I missed out on because of pride. You could live in this season right now, in this, this moving of the Spirit, and in six months, a year from now, you could look back and say, man, I wish I, would have, I wish I would have made more friends. I wish I would have built more relationships. And you may just look back and say, my biggest regret is that I let pride get in the way of me and connecting with the body. But we must make an effort for unity. Unity must be something in us that we fight for. Ephesians 4, verse 3 through 6 says, I, therefore, the prison of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, in endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavoring, fighting for unity. To, to, to be the one who reaches out. 
to be the one who forgives first, to be the peacemaker, to be the pursuer, to be that one that says, you know, I don't really care what people think about me anymore. I'm going to be the one to pursue somebody else. I'm going to just, if somebody bothers me and offends me, I'm just going to let it go. I'm not going to fight it. You know, choose your battles wisely in the church. Every offense doesn't need to be fought. Every offense doesn't need to be confronted. It's okay. Can I say this? It's okay to be offended. That's okay. It's okay to be bothered by somebody else. Let it, go. Let it go. Come on. Let it go. It's, like, it's like my kids. Dad, she, she looked at my toys. <laughs> really, Liam? That, she looked at him. You don't understand. I know. When she was looking at him, I know what she was thinking. She was going to take him, and she's going to mess him up. Dad, son, son, let it go, man. Like, who cares? Just stop, stop. Just stop bringing this to me, man. Like, let it go. Kind of like us. I know what they're thinking. He didn't, he didn't say hi to me on purpose. That pastor was, was talking to that person for 45 minutes. I know he was ignoring me. Can I, can I, can I say something? Just <laughs> well, listen. Can I give you some loving advice? Get over it. Get over it. Get over it. Get over it. If somebody's busy talking, then guess what? Maybe you should go talk to somebody else. Maybe you should be the one to go pursue. Amen? Amen. Oh, man, I got to move on. So unity, unity, listen, unity doesn't come naturally. Unity has to be cultivated. It has to be cultivated. We're gonna come into, we're gonna keep coming to church and we're gonna love it. We're gonna love it. And then one day you're gonna have this epiphany or this moment of like revelation, like, man, I don't really know anybody. Like I know them, but I don't really know them. Why? Because gatherings are good and gatherings are easy, but unity takes effort. Unity has to be cultivated. It's something that we have to pursue. It's something that we have to build. And we build this by serving one another. By loving one another. By walking in humility. Humility, humbling ourselves. Saying, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm okay. It's okay to be in an awkward conversation. It's okay for me to, to humble myself and, and reach out to somebody else. It's okay. These things are all right to humble ourselves. The, the, the easiest way to humble yourself is by knowing your identity. Because a lot of times we don't want to walk in humility because we think we're better. Or, or we think we're not good enough. So to walk in humility and walk in true love and service is to know your identity that I am a child of God. So anybody talking about me can say whatever they want. That doesn't change who I am. So I'm okay reaching out and, and giving myself the opportunity to maybe possibly get hurt, but maybe you're also going to build some of the best relationships that you ever had. My, my closest friends that I built were relationships in church 
and now they're out here helping us start a church. How crazy is that? Relationships in church are important. We, we, we walk in this humility by understanding I'm a child of God. I was made in the image of God. So it's okay to humble myself. It's okay to serve one another. It's okay to get to church early and help. Oh, amen. Hallelujah. It's okay to, 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 to fill in. It's maybe I'm not good at something, but at least I'll fill in the position and I'll try. It's okay to serve one another. It's okay to reach out because I'm a, I'm a child of God made in his image. So I have dignity. I have worth. And nobody can take that away from me so I can reach out to anybody. And I can cultivate unity. It's this, it's understanding that you belong. You belong. Now, I know that I may not be the best at it, connecting. I, you know, my wife and I were talking about this. We're just like, man, we need to do more things. Like, you know, I feel like COVID kind of just, you know, slapped us around and put us in the middle of nowhere. We don't really know what we're doing. But, but God began to speak to me on some things we want to start doing in our church. Because we really, it's almost like God is telling me, like, son, I'm giving you a second chance. And with this, with this wonderful group of people, obviously, some people are not here today, but, you know, we'll, we'll, they'll know eventually. What, what we plan on doing is we're going to start doing men's nights. We're going to start doing women's nights again. Not like church services, but like just come together, hang out, have breakfast, hang out. Like whatever we can do, we're going to do because we want to build relationships. We're going to do family nights together. We all gather in one place and bring food and just hang out, spend time together. That's what, that's what they did in the early church. They just hung out, spent, ate together. Man, I love to eat, and so, I mean, I'm sure you do too. Like, we can find common ground right there, right? But just hanging out and spending time together. But it doesn't stop there. We can't only rely on the church to build our relationships. We should also be pursuing people. You say, man, I want to I help out. Okay, right now, everybody, we're all on, on the greeters team. Amen? Every one of us is on the greeters team starting today. That means every single visitor that walks into this door, we're going we're gonna to greet them. We're going to hug them. We're going to love them. Every person that comes to the door, we're going to greet them. We're going to hug them. We're going to love them. We're going to talk to people that we don't normally talk to. We're going to spend time with people we don't normally spend time with. That is okay. That is cultivating unity. It's cultivating unity. And we're united for one purpose. We come together for one purpose, babe, if you want to come play. We have one purpose. Now I know we can, we can easily disconnect and say, well, that's for somebody else and that's for, that's for them. That's not really for me. No, this is for you. It's for you. You belong. You matter. You matter to God. You matter to people here. When, when you don't show up, I'm thinking, man, we're, well, I wish they, they would have came today. I should have seen them today. I pray for you guys, name by name, as many names as I can remember. Right now, it's pretty easy right now. <laughs> but I pray name by name, God bless their family, Lord, guide their life, God be with them. Why? Because you matter. You matter to us, you matter to God, and, and we have to come together we have to come together for one purpose. We talked about temples, and, and what, was the, what was the purpose of the temples? It was for people to have an experience or an encounter with God. It was a place that God had chosen to put his presence in, a dwelling place of the Spirit of God. And we went through this all last week. If you didn't hear it, you go listen to it. 
through this all last week. The temple is the dwelling place of God. We are the temple of God. As individuals, yes, we carry the presence of God, so that means wherever I go, I carry his presence with me. So that means we change atmospheres, we change rooms, we change wherever we go. But scripture also says that we are the temple as a church. So what does that mean? What is our purpose? Is we have been chosen, favored by God, that as a community, he's put his hand on us and said, this is where my presence will dwell. When we come together in unity, seeking the Lord, worshiping the Lord, we, we have this purpose as a dwelling place of God. But this happens when we come as a united church because that same temple was a, it says my temple would be a, prayer, a house of prayer for all nations. That means that others were able to experience the presence because of the temple. So if we would get it together as a church, not saying we're doing a bad job, but if we would get it together and say, man, I'm going to pursue unity, guess what? Then when people come into the building, it's a dwelling place of God. And they come and they say, man, there's something different about those people because we're not just a gathering, but we're a temple. We're not just a community, but we're the body of Christ. And when they come in, what do they see? They're not going to see division. They're not going to see gossip. They're not going to see a bunch of uh, cliques and no, you're not welcome here. What are they going to see? They're going to say, man, they actually love each other there. They actually care about each each other there. And what does Jesus say? They'll know They will know who? The world. They will know you are my disciples by the way you love each other. You can can heal a bunch of people. You can prophesy all day. You can cast out demons. You can, you can, you can memorize the Bible front to back. You can know every language and every, everything that they did. You can, you can know all of that and do all of those things. But if I have not love, if I have not love, I'm just a clanging symbol. Jesus, they will know not by how much you sacrifice, not by how much you know, not by how you preach, not by how the church looks, not by how the church smells, although I hope it smells good and we're working on it, okay? No, no, they will know by the way you love each other. Because we can be a community and still divide it. We could be a gathering and still divide it. But when we become the body, and how do we become the body? By loving one another. Right now, the world so desperately needs, needs a touch of God. So desperately. The world is so divided right now. It's, it's, it is, I feel like I can't even say anything on Facebook. I'm, I'm going to offend somebody. can't say anything at all because it's so divided. So divided. Everybody's divided. Everybody's fighting politics and laws and beliefs. and It's all over the place. It's divided. The world is divided. And a divided world needs a united church.
But unity cannot be accomplished by a good sermon every now and then. It cannot be accomplished by a good worship uh, moment. It cannot be accomplished by even by encounters. Unity has to be accomplished when individuals realize that it matters how you live and how you live and who you reach out to. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX or check us out on our website, ReclaimChurchTX.com. Thank you for listening.